0: Disingenuous though, and this actually does relate to career. Being disingenuous will kill you over time. Yeah. You, and I I tell this a lot to my clients when they're interviewing too, is like, if you are disingenuous in your interview, then you need to be disingenuous while you start working for them. And you're gonna do that for maybe two months and you're gonna be completely burnt out. And it felt, I think a lot of people think that starting a business is very scary, but I think if you know exactly why you're doing what you're doing, it feels very peaceful.
1: all right welcome 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 to this episode of the how to get a job podcast today i have an amazing episode in store for you as we were going to talk about how to break into the industrial organizational psychology industry you know hr consultants hr professionals and to do that i have an amazing guest um i have a good friend uh and someone that i just think is the best at this uh she is so passionate so loving so supportive uh, but just really, really smart when it comes to this. And so, welcome, Ellie Hookman. She is the founder of Rock and Secure LLC, and is a career coach. And I also think you have a master's in this too. So, like, it's, oh, awesome, awesome. Ellie, welcome to the show. How are you?
0: Thank you, Daniel. Thank you so much for that warm introduction. I, <laughs> You make me feel more and more secure. Oh, rock insecure. You make me feel more and more secure in what I do whenever I talk to you. So thank you. Appreciate that.
1: I have a question. Did the name for rock insecure come from like rock, paper, scissors? Like that's why. I, it, oh, it, I think about like rock. Uh, I don't know why it's... Th- Secured, and when I think about secured an offer, I think of an offer coming in in paper.
0: Oh, I've actually never even thought about it that way.
1: Maybe because I just watched like the uh, the Netflix the Squid Games challenge, and they did rock versus scissors there, and that was like really recent.
0: Spoiler alert! I'm watching that. I haven't I got to that episode yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, don't tell me what. <laughs> oh, oh, was it like the Marbles one? Okay, got it. I'll watch that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the name rock and secure actually came from when I was doing, when I was first starting my business and I wanted to create a really strong name and I wanted the name to tell people what they would get out of working with me. Um, and that was when I developed my system, which is the rock and secure system, which is all about rocking your interview and securing a job offer. And the reason I get so, um, I don't want to say hung up. That makes it sound bad. But I'm so focused on the rocking the interview part because of my background in recruiting. That was how I got started in the HR profession, was through recruiting. And I saw people who might have great resumes. Um, They might have great experience, but they would interview so bad. And I would be talking to them on the phone, and I would just want to scream through my phone like, don't say that. What are you say? <laughs> um, and I saw that happen over and over and over again um, in several different industries, which is why I focus so much on the interview in everything that I do. But um, yes, when it came to the name, I was like, yeah, I really want people to start rocking their interviews. Not just doing well, not just getting by, but like really rocking them. And that is what secures you the job offer. So when you come into that interview and you are just shining and everybody uh, feels good about you and trusts you and believes in you, they are going to do whatever they can to get you on board. Um, so that also allows you to be in the position of power to negotiate for the job title you want, the pay you want, the office you want, because they loved you so much in that interview because you totally rocked it. So that was my, my thinking when I came up with the name. And then I'm also just a really big fan of the, uh, the letter R. I think it's really pretty. (laughs) So I like that it starts with an R. You
1: know what? It makes a lot, a lot of sense. I, it's interesting a lot of people think their resume is like key and I don't know about you, but I've never seen or heard of anyone who got an offer just by their resume alone. Like, oh, Ellie, I read your resume. I loved it. You're hired. No, I read your resume. I loved it. I would love to interview you. Like there's just, it doesn't happen without the interview.
0: Yeah, totally. And there's times too, where somebody has a rockin' resume <laughs> and then we go to interview them and, and they just did not match up. Um, because their interview skills just weren't there. Um, their ability to talk about themselves wasn't there. Or they, were, they didn't have the confidence about themselves um, outside of on paper. So they had the confidence on paper, but not on paper. Um, and so those people would fall short over and over and over again, unfortunately.
1: I love, yeah. I, and so You can get a job without a resume, but you can't get a job without an interview. Totally. And that's exactly why I focus so much on it. I love it. Ellie, you mentioned recruiting. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, but I also spent some time recruiting and it was six months, short lived, and I was really sketched out. <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> I decided to start this instead. Um, I want to hear your experience in recruiting because it's not all, all recruiting. is not bad. That's just my experience. I, it, but would love to hear your thoughts.
0: Yeah. No, I still have a lot of respect for the recruiting profession. I mean, part of IO psychology includes talent acquisition. And when I work with somebody who wants to become a recruiter, I first figure out exactly why, because if their reasons are my reasons, it's not going to work for them. Um, Because my reasons, and one of the things I loved when I first started as a recruiter was when people asked me what I did, I got to tell them, I give people jobs. I get people hired. And that is how it felt for the first three months. And then after that, I was realizing I'm actually rejecting about 95% of the people I interact with. So if I really think about what I do, yeah, I do give people jobs, that's, but that's 5%. I really, what I really do is I reject people all day long. And I am not a fan of rejection. Um, so that was, that was a big reason why I left recruiting is because I didn't like the rejection part of it. And I mostly didn't like the rejection part of it because I couldn't be honest with why I was rejecting them. Because if I was honest, I would be telling them like, you didn't smile once during your interview. And we were all smiling and it just, the energy was off. And you just really can't say that to somebody um, without risking potential like litigation, things like that. So companies typically put in some kind of policy that says when someone asks for interview feedback, we are only going to give them feedback on their specific like hard skills, specific experiences that they have. We cannot give them any feedback in terms of their personability and things like that. But a lot of the times that was the real reason why we were rejecting them. We would just say it was something else, which is really unfortunate and didn't feel real and didn't feel genuine to me. So while I have mad respect for the companies i worked for, and I I appreciate my experiences there. Just the recruiting profession in general did not work for me. I know that there are recruiting firms and companies that have really strong recruiting systems where they are able to give candidates feedback and support them along the way. So I'm not saying that that's how it is everywhere, but that is what I experienced. And that's why ultimately it wasn't for me.
1: A couple of things there, because super important to note, it's like when when you're not getting feedback in the interview, it's nothing personal. It's it's really nothing personal. It's it's really the the hiring team, the recruiters are their hands are their hands are tied because the companies are protecting themselves from liability, from from being sued, for discrimination. And so that's to your point, like it's the most common answer is we've decided to go with another candidate, somebody with just a better fit. Like if you see those answers, they're all like taking the blame from you to the to an exterior. Like it's just not you, just somebody was just slightly better, right? Uh, um, and, and so I think that uh, that's really important for you as a candidate to not take it to not take it personal either. Just understand, like they're just not allowed, and and because a very 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 small percentage has decided to take legal action, and for a, a fortune or not even a Fortune five hundred for a big company that that's millions of dollars,
0: and even the smaller companies are terrified of it too because it could totally wreck their reputation
1: or bankrupt them. I mean, it, it just one lawsuit it can, can bankrupt the company. So, uh super important And I do want to say too like my experience with when I spent in recruiting, I was actually an external recruiter for like a staffing agency um and I think for me it wasn't internal recruiting. My my issues with with the industry was more about how the company that I worked with uh the practices they had of like trying to Tell their the the companies that they had the best recruiting t- team in town, and in reality, they did not. And so, like it, it was just more about just like the ethics of just trying to land uh, openings and and not really being able to fulfill it in, in a uh, in, in the right way. And so, but that that's that's another that's another podcast for another topic for another podcast.
0: I was just gonna say, like being disingenuous, though, and this actually does relate to career. Being disingenuous will kill you over time. You. And I and I tell this a lot to my clients when they're interviewing too. Is like if you are disingenuous in your interview, then you need to be disingenuous while you start working for them, and you're gonna do that for maybe two months, and you're gonna be completely burnt out because if you're not being genuine, you're just going to burn out. So it it does have parallels for sure.
1: One thousand percent agree on that, and 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 the reason why even I like shit tell our clients to like. Be, be themselves on their LinkedIn, you know, and I don't get too political or religious, but like really d- do uh, add your personality to your LinkedIn. And I, well, don't you think I'm going to like, you know, uh, scare some companies or like companies are not going to want to talk to me. I'm like, perfect. Cause those are the companies that you weren't going to enjoy your time in there anyways, but you're also going to attract the hiring manager, the, the recruiter that connects with you because they have, they share the same hobby of ultimate Frisbee. And they're like, Oh my God, you love that. I love that. Like, like, you know, <laughs> Uh, because the reality is that people are still uh, like, you know, you're spending more time at work than you are with your family in most cases, in the majority of cases, in fact. And so people are also hiring for personality, cultural fit than they are on the skill set. Now, you need to have a level of skills. Like so I'm not here to say like as long as you you know how to be friends with everyone, you're going to be fine. Like you need to have a level of the hard skills and technical skills that are required, but the ability to match with the culture, the team. And um, it's it's really important. Yes, absolutely, it's super important. Well,
0: I also like to think of it too as recruiters are hiring humans; they're not hiring resumes. I know we've said this a couple of times now, but it really is
1: true. Let's let's. Talk, I want to learn more about uh, why did you decide to do a master's in industrial and organizational psychology?
0: Like I said, I was in a recruiting career, and I was already having those feelings of like, this might not be for me. This I think this was about year two, and I did it for three years. But around year two, I was like, I don't know how much longer I can do this. But I do really like being in HR because I like working with employees rather than like the general public, uh, which is funny because in recruiting, you do both. Um, so I liked being in HR. Um, but I also have a math brain. I have a natural math brain. And so I was looking for something where I could use my math brain, my passion for human resources, and the answer to that, which I found online just through some Googling, was uh, getting a degree in IO psychology, my master's of science in IO psychology, Um, because I, I originally was going to go like a data science path, but I really wanted to keep using my social skills and That was also my passion as well, Um, which I learned that lesson again later um, because after getting my IO degree, I um, was actually promoted within my same company to a very data analytics heavy role that was still within HR. So it certainly fell under the IO umbrella, Um, but the work itself was very isolated. I was definitely using my math brain, but I was not. Socializing nearly as much as I needed to be to be fulfilled, so that was the that was the reason why I chose IO psychology was being able to to use um, that data and anal- that analytical side of my brain, that math side of my brain, while still pursuing the passion that I have for um, making for better workplaces. So that was that was my choice um, for for IO.
1: So. Walk us through how you went from, you know, how did you, why did you decide to do combine your recruiting experience with your IO experience and now doing, you know, career coaching full time?
0: Yeah, definitely. So like I said, when I was in that, that very data analytics heavy role, very isolated, this was, it's one of the most monumental things that has ever happened in my life. And it was a conversation I was having with coworkers about winning the lottery because, one of my coworkers said, if I win the lottery, goodbye. You're never going to hear from me again. I'm not going to wrap up my work. I'm not going to give a two weeks notice. You're just never going to hear from me again. So just heads up. And he's like, I'm going to go travel the world and I'm never going to work again. And I had a very opposite reaction to that. I was like, oh my gosh, if, I, if money was no item, I would still be spending my time doing something productive. And the thing that I would be doing is I would go to high schools and colleges and teach students how to interview and my reason – and that was, like, so clear to me. Like, that was just 100% the answer. I didn't have to think about it at all. That was just my exact answer. And the reason that that was my answer is because I had been volunteer career coaching with colleges at that time for four years. It's now five years. But at that time, it was four years. And I was like, that is what fills my cup every single time because it's something I'm good at. It's something that – uh Is needed, I think. (laughs) And um, now I just had to get that third element of something that people will pay me for. And so I sat on that thought for a really long time of like that pursuing that dream of what I would do if money was no item. And then I decided to make money part of the item. (laughs) And so I had just a very, like, uh, I almost say spiritual experience where I woke up at 3 a.m. with full clarity that. This is something I need to pursue. So I just start Googling, like, what does it take to become a career coach? How to get certified? What do business licenses look like? I'm just starting to do all that Googling. um, And then, yeah, and then I just started to pursue it. Uh, and it felt, I think a lot of people think that starting a business is very scary. But I think if you know exactly why you're doing what you're doing, it feels very peaceful.
1: Yeah. The ikigai, the the Japanese concept, right? I love it. I love it. So uh, now I want to now shift into you specialize in helping IO psychology and in like industry get jobs, right? So tell me a little bit more about what are some of the career paths that somebody graduating or has a master's in and can can go into? And then I w- also want to then learn a little bit more about how, like some of the methods that you use to, to kind of help them.
0: So I... I have, I have a resource for this. It is the 12 types of IO work. And what I, a big mistake I see a lot of people make, especially when they're new grads, is they're like, I'm an IO practitioner. I'm good to go. Uh, but the reality is, is there's so many different types of IO practitioners. And so what I have them do is pick a very specific type and then get even more specific in the job that they want. So, um, just for, I won't go over the exhaustive list, but some of those types would be um, HR management, uh, organizational development, DEI, which is diversity, equity, and inclusion, uh, research, uh, assessment, and selection. So those are just some of, the, some of the topics. And so that is really when I have someone who I'm working with, that's the first thing I have them do is figure out exactly what type of IO they want. Um, because if they can target exactly what they want and understand exactly why they're doing it, then everything else just becomes a lot easier. You can really target the specific jobs. You can target the specific people who are going to help you get there. And when you know your why, you have your motivation. So Simon so said, start with why I know you love that book. Um, so that's that's really what we get into. Um, so that would be my first piece of advice is IO itself feels like a niche, but it's not. You have to niche with side of that niche um, to figure out exactly what you're going for.
1: So you have a three-pillar methodology. I would love for you if you can maybe let's dive into it. Like what's pillar one, two, and three?
0: Okay, yes. So two and three are in the name. Rock the interview, secure a job offer. But before that is something I've added recently. Not super recently, but recently enough. And that is the becoming magnetic part. Uh, and I like to use the term magnetic because I want my clients to think of themselves as somebody who is attractive and attracts opportunities. Um, and so they do that by creating a what I call the magnetic LinkedIn profile that's has that's fully decked out. I know you do this too at Opney, um, fully decked out with the you know qu- your qualifications and what makes you special. Um, it also means adopting what I call the magnetic mindset, which is the the accepting and understanding that you're in a position of power, and you're going to bring you're going to bring like cash to the organizations that you work with. And I think a lot of times, especially in the IO industry, we think of ourselves as like social scientists and, um, you know, that we, we create a lot of qualitative impact. But when we really look at the work that we do, we save companies a lot of money and we make companies a lot of money, especially if you work in the employment uh, or excuse me, employee engagement sector, um, which a lot of the, a lot of the types of roles you'll do, organizational development or assessment or whatever it is, will have a hand in employee engagement. Because if you are developing workplaces that have high employee engagement, those workplaces do better financially. There's So many studies, so many case studies and, and everything that, that prove that, that prove that fact. And so we, what I, what I work on with my clients is stepping into that reality as well, that you are a moneymaker for the organizations you're going to go work for. And thus, they should pay you pretty well. Um, so that is magnetic mindset or, or becoming magnetic, magnetic um, both on paper and within your mindset. And then we have the rocking the interview portion. And when it comes to interviews, I really simplify it down. Start, middle, end. Start really strong. Answer great questions in the middle by telling stories. Finish it off strong so that they remember you and they know that you're interested. And that's it. Start, middle, end. Don't overcomplicate. And then when it comes to securing the offer, that is all about, mainly, it's all about negotiation, but it also includes your onboarding and starting off really strong. Because I believe, and at least in my career, that is how I've experienced a lot of career growth, was by starting my first month just like right out the gate and showing my bosses, my coworkers, the value that I can bring, um, and just really over-delivering almost. And that doesn't mean going outside of your job description, and it doesn't mean working more than 40 hours a week if you're full-time. What it means is that the work that you do is very high quality every time. Um, and people can depend on you and you speak up at meetings and you're really engaged. So we also talk about that part too because what I my, my ultimate goal for my clients is, is not only to secure a job offer, but to also in five, 10, 15 years be elevated in their
1: career over and over and over again.
0: So it's a lifelong value.
1: (laughs) A couple of things that I kind of just want to like first admire that you're doing is is one is like most career coaches that I've seen are just like, hey, you got a job. Great. I did my job. And I love that you are, you know, really thinking about their success and, 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 and really thinking about not only like once they get the job, but be successful early on. And that's super important. One thing, as you know, we do it with our clients is we help them do the 30, 60, 90 day game plan because it's just really important for them to, to be able to show their their managers and their and their team that they made the right decision and that you have a game plan about what you're going to do the first day. So not only will you go through onboarding and training quickly, but you're making the company money. And I think that's whether, it uh, doesn't matter what job you do in the organization, if you cannot explain how you are making the company money, you're not going to be able to like really grow and, and really grow and be able to get paid what you deserve. right? And I think that what you said that earlier on and the magnetic part of that is like, you you help your clients show how they're valuable. And because of their, because of that, that then pays them in the end, right? It pays them when they do the salary negotiation, because they're able to quantify and show how their actions and impact will make the company or save the company so much more money to giving them an extra, uh, like 10,000 more or whatever, you know, that you're able to negotiate, um, it's, it's nothing. It's such a great investment. And so that, that's, I love that winning formula.
0: Absolutely. I'm really, big on, I'm really big on mindset and visualization as well. I mean, I can't, I can't teach it without also living it myself. And one of the things that I visualize very often is uh, a client who has graduated out of my program, got a job emailing me five years later to tell me about all the amazing things that have happened and the promotion they've got and how they've gotten raises and continued on and on and on. That is something I visualize almost every single day. Um, And that's really important to me um, is to make sure that I'm not just a career. I wouldn't, I would say I'm a job getter coach if I was just going to get you a job, but I'm a career coach because I truly believe that when you work with me, the rest of your career is going to advance. Um, Whether you're brand new starting out or you're, you know, you're already 20 years in, you can absolutely advance for the rest of your career when you work with a career coach. I truly believe.
1: Yeah, no, Eddie, anyway, I think that's one of my favorite parts about, like, when I talk to you is how much passion and heart you have into this, but then that's backed backed up with some really great strategies, right? So, like, that's, like, to me, it's, like, the, the it, which actually describes you perfectly. It's, like, you know, the the passion and visualization, but with your analytical side of of it that you, you know, you love, it. like, hey, ha- look at the data, um, and hashtag, we love Alex Hermosi, so... Uh, <laughs>
0: That's awesome. I think a lot of that comes from my my parents, actually, is my mom is very passionate and my dad is very analytical. So I'm just and my brother is the same way where we we have a great deal of passion and a great deal of analytical and technical ability. Um, and we just marry that together to create really great things. Um, and so, yeah, shout out to my parents.
1: <laughs> Love it. So. Ellie, as we wrap this up, um, I would love if you can just share us a little bit about, you know, how you work with clients, what is, you know, the products or services that you provide, and how they can reach you if they're interested to in learning more.
0: For sure, yeah. So my program is called Ignite Your IO Career. It is specifically for people who are looking to break into the IO industry. We give you continued support until you get hired, and we walk you through those three steps that I talked about earlier: the becoming magnetic, rocking your interview, securing a job offer. And if you want to learn more about it, just connect with me on LinkedIn and, uh, just DM me podcast and we can get started.
1: Love it. Love it. So I'm going to go ahead and put a link to your LinkedIn on, on the show, uh, on the show notes. So if you're listening, so just go ahead and connect with Ellie. Uh, again, if you are looking to break into the industry, I don't think there's any better person out there, uh, for you than Ellie and, uh, rock and secure LLC. So for all you listening, look, if you have found value in this podcast, all I ask is one simple favor, please share this with someone that you know that that can also find value. Maybe somebody looking to break into the high oil industry. Uh, that would be amazing. And thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you on the next, bye everyone.